Welcome to Radio Tambua, an outreach of ACFA, the Africa Center for Apologetics Research. ACFA equips God's people for the defense of the faith, biblical discernment, and cult evangelism. Let's begin today's message. Greetings to you, brothers and sisters. Today I would like to discuss with you the subject of exorcism, what so many believers in Africa might call deliverance. You may agree with me that this is a topic that has been long overdue, especially in light of the confusion and chaos that characterizes Africa's Christianity today in the name of deliverance and exorcism. You probably as a believer have wondered, what is this exorcism thing about? How is it to be understood in the African church today? And what does the Bible say about exorcism anyway? Can Christians, for instance, be demon-possessed? Should Christians even be concerned about demons and their activities? What are some of the dangers of unbiblical exorcism? How can the church respond today? The subject of exorcism or deliverance has indeed become one of the defining aspects of Africa's Christianity. The controversial nature of the subject among Christians itself make it a hot topic for discussion, whether by theologians or scholars or lay people alike. Clearly, there is a fast-growing appeal for exorcism or deliverance ministry in the church in Africa, and no matter where you look, you can see traces of that need. Today, churches are talking more about Satan, demons, and evil spirits perhaps than any other topic in Christian circles. Worship service in Africa has come to look like more of a battleground where God's power is used to defeat Satan's power. There is an overemphasis in the preaching and in the main services on deliverance, on casting out demons, on prayer altars. You clearly can tell that there is great fear about the spirit world, about the work and power of demons, and why Christians are desperately looking for solutions on how to be free from these powers. Everywhere you go or you look in the churches in Africa, you hear of phrases like spiritual warfare, like breaking bondages, like reversing the curse, like releasing your destiny, reclaiming your heritage. You hear of prayer warriors. You hear of the need to demolish strongholds, binding the strong man, territorial spirits, spiritual mapping, power encounters, and several other phrases. What does this tell us today? That believers in the church in Africa are living in fear of the spirit world and demons. And therefore, they look to the church to carry out deliverance or exorcism to set them free from these powers that either keep them in bondage or that they very much fear. The practice of exorcism or casting out demons has become so common to the extent that it even threatens the existence of several other practices and prayers within the worship service that a worship service now is more about how to cast out demons, how to keep them under control, even more than worship of God himself. But what is this exorcism or deliverance really in terms of definition? Well, we can look at this as the practice of casting out a demon or delivering somebody who is believed to be possessed. 
exorcism and deliverance are often used interchangeably, although for many exorcism has to come to apply to those who are possessed, while deliverance is used of believers who are thought to be oppressed by demons or powers of darkness. Possession is usually characterized by uncontrollable bodily agitation, foaming at the mouth, groaning and barking, writhing like a snake. Sometimes people believed to be possessed will speak in strange languages. Sometimes they will exhibit some insensitivity to pain. Or they may be in a trance state in which such a person may experience hallucinations. For those of you who are familiar with prayers of deliverance and demon casting, you may recognize that these prayers involve not intercession to God to set the person possessed free, but commanding of spirits and demons to live. In most cases, these demons will be asked to identify themselves, to explain who they are, who sent them, where they came from, what their purpose is in the host, before they are ordered to come out, and sometimes sent to the bottomless pit, or to hell, or even as one common pastor in Uganda has done it, to send them back to whoever sent them. This pastor has come to be known as Abizayo, meaning that he has the power or authority to send the demons back to whoever sent them to the possessed person in the first place. You may also notice that in some of these deliverance sessions, some rituals might be performed, to hasten the deliverance of the person, this might include sprinkling holy water on the person or making the person to drink some special anointing oil or even having it smeared on the person. The person might be given some icons like anointed handkerchiefs and amulets to use and all these are done to quicken the process of deliverance or to remove obstacles that might be hindering the demon from leaving the person. Sometimes the demon-possessed person, if he is conscious, is required to repent of all sins known and unknown, to forgive all enemies before the spirit can live. The person exorcising these demons usually is uh, looked at as a special mediator between God and the person being delivered. He is uh, recognized as somebody who has special revelations regarding the nature of the demons at work in the demonized person. Often you will hear the name of Jesus or the blood of Jesus invoked as the source of authority or power that enables the person praying to evict the demons or the spirits. In fact, according to some charismatic teachings today, Christians are even believed to be possessed, that they can be possessed whether because of generational curses that have followed them or unrepented sins that have opened doors for demons to come in or failure to exercise one's faith against Satan and his demons, or ungodly habits that may persist in their lives after salvation. Today, most problems in the believer's lives are attributed to the influence of demons, which justifies the need for deliverance ministries in most especially charismatic churches. Clearly, there is need now more than ever before to address the subject of deliverance and exorcism. Not only is it an area that remains confusing, but one area where so many Christians lack biblical understanding on what the Bible states or declares concerning the ministry of deliverance and exorcism. And because of that lack of understanding, there is chance of abuse, especially of the victims of that deliverance. 
In looking at this subject, we need to be very careful especially of two extremes. That we may have those who either deny the existence and presence of demons completely, while on the other hand we may have those that are obsessed by the presence and the power of these demons that almost everything they see becomes a demon. C.S. Lewis, who has written the screw tape letters and their relevance for Africa, in his introduction to this classic has said that there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about devils. One is to disbelieve their existence and the other is to feel an excessive and healthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors and hail a materialistic or a magician with the same delight. We have people today who deny the presence and influence of demons in our physical world and therefore look for scientific explanation for everything that they encounter. And of these people, R.C. Sproul has said that the world view that there is nothing transcendent to which the secular is accountable led to many people being ignorant of the nature and schemes of Satan, and therefore they become sitting ducks for his attacks. Indeed, in agreement with what R.C. Sproul has said, the Apostle Paul himself warned us that as believers we should not be outwitted by Satan because of ignorance of his strategies. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 14 and 15, again the Apostle Paul reminds us of how Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, and by that the Apostle Paul recognizes the reality and the presence of Satan, and therefore warns us to beware of that so that we will not be taken unawares. And by that, the Apostle Paul himself confirms the reality and presence of Satan and the powers of darkness. Now what about those who fall on the other side of the spectrum? Who, yes, believe in the reality and existence of demons, but then take it far such that everything they encounter has some demon behind it. And we see this very much prevalent in the African context and community. That a car engine fails to start and a prayer is offered against demons. It rains on a wedding day and Satan is believed to be behind it trying to thwart the good wedding. A girl who can't get married is taken for deliverance prayers believing that there are some curses behind her and that is why she's not finding a suitable husband. A young man who fails to find a job quickly or as soon as he graduates from university is believed to be followed by some kind of an employment spirit and therefore needs to be delivered. So we have this category, especially within the context of Africa, where everything is believed to be influenced and affected by demons, which is why today the church has put an overemphasis on the ministry of exorcism and deliverance, simply because everything that happens within the worship service is believed to either be under the influence of God and under the influence of Satan, and since the fear for Satan far even outweighs the promise of God's power in this service, so many believers are caught up in that web of casting demons, of spiritual warfare, of deliverance. As we look at this subject, we need to be asking ourselves, especially as believers, what does the Bible really say about this subject? In conducting exorcism, assuming we should conduct it in the first place, should we listen to demons or spirits to hear what they are telling us? Should we accept information from them, in other words, as accurate information? 
Can Christians or believers be demon possessed and if so, what can be done to set them free? What is the difference between demon possession and demon oppression? How do we know when a certain illness or problem is a result of demonic activity or not? When is each time to take the person to the hospital or when is each time for deliverance assuming that this has a spiritual cause behind it? Is it the mandate for all believers to exorcise demons or is this a special calling for a select few who are supposed to be engaged fully in this ministry? Who decides who are those special people who should be engaged in spiritual warfare? And above all these questions we ask, how can the church in Africa today respond in light of the current appeal of exorcism and deliverance ministries in Africa? These are very important questions, brothers and sisters, that must be asked. These, unfortunately, are questions that often do not have answers or at least have not been given answers. And so many believers, out of concern and confusion, continue to go into churches with an overemphasis of deliverance ministries, and a number of them have been abused and misused. We need to answer questions that surround this topic. In the series that we will be hearing, we will be looking at some of these questions and seeking the position of the Bible to hear God's will and word concerning these areas, that the church in Africa may be formed, may be transformed, may be strengthened to defend the Christian faith from error and attack, or even from those within the church circles that out of ignorance or out of scripture misunderstanding have distorted the Christian faith and brought it into disrepute before the watching world. So what can be done quickly as uh, we introduce this topic? I can suggest a number of things. Number one, that African Christians need to be assured of God's sovereign control over all satanic things. As we get into this subject of exorcism and deliverance, we must remind African Christians every time that God is sovereign over every power, over everything, that nothing can challenge God or even exercise any power beyond what God has. When believers are assured of God's sovereign control of the affairs of the universe, they learn to put their trust in the Lord rather than fearing and focusing on demons and their powers. Believers need to be reminded that of what the Bible says, not just about the whole of the Christian faith, but more specifically about the devil, his schemes and strategies, which often thrives on Christians' ignorance of their position in Christ. That when believers know what the Bible says about the devil, when they are reminded about who the devil is, and especially, more importantly, that he himself is a creature created by God, and therefore under the control of God himself, Believers will find confidence and comfort in what they believe and therefore not live their lives in fear of Satan and what he can do. And number three, pastors especially who are spiritual shepherds of the church must be on guard at all times, teaching their people the truth of scripture, exposing deceptions about Satan and his demons, that believers may be protected from unwarranted excesses in the area of exorcism. Number four, we must also remind or at least equip pastors and Christian workers and counselors to practice proper discernment. 
When is it time to involve medical personnel, for instance? Is this a medical sickness or is this a spiritual sickness that has medical manifestations? Clearly, this is an area where we need the collaboration of not only pastors in the context of church, but also experienced medical professionals so that we can truly discern the source and the cause of the problem or the sickness before appropriate solutions can be given. When this is not done, it is possible that there might be people whose medical illnesses manifest like demon-triggered sicknesses, and such people may be subjected to unnecessary deliverance when the sickness is actually getting worse. And as you can imagine, we have seen a number of people who have died in cases like this simply because when they were supposed to be taken for medical help, they spent their time in church being prayed for and delivered even from demons that did not exist. Brothers and sisters, this is a very important topic that you and I need to think about. This is a topic where we must really open the pages of scripture and find out what God is saying about this subject and how the church in Africa can indeed stand on the promise and power of the scriptures to address this subject for the purpose of building believers in their faith, promoting confidence in how they share it, promoting biblical discernment so that believers in the church in Africa can be able to detect and discern the source of problems and therefore be able to biblically address them. When this is not done, there is a lot of confusion and abuse of church members in the name of deliverance and exorcism. I pray that the Lord will keep you focused on his word and will, that as you search the scriptures you will discover truth that indeed can set you free and help your church members or your loved ones from being led into error or deception due to people who might be conducting this ministry against or outside the leading and guidance of the scriptures. May God bless you. To learn more about the Africa Center for Apologetics Research, visit us at africanapologetics.org.